Well, we continue our series called It's Still Easter as we hear these accounts regarding resurrection and the hope of resurrection life in Jesus. Today's scripture continues John 14, uh, where we left off last week, and I'm calling it the spirit of truth. I invite you to hear these words from John 14. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the father and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the now classic Christmas movie, which should have gotten many Oscars, Elf, Buddy the Elf is a human who was raised by elves. And once he discovers that as a six foot six inch elf, that, that, that he's not a human, or that he's not an elf, sorry, he makes the trek to New York City to find his true father. And while working in a department store, a mall Santa one day comes to visit the children. Buddy is ecstatic to see Santa again. But as he gets closer to this Santa in the department store, he knows that it's not the real Santa. And Buddy eventually tells him, you sit on a throne of lies. And he pulls off the fake Santa's beard. A fight ensues in the department store. All of the decorations are torn up and chaos, chaos takes over. Now, Buddy in this movie is a wonderfully naive person. That's what makes the movie so good. And it's just plain old hilarious, too. But I think Buddy's line here resonates with us on a deeper level. When Buddy tells fake Santa, you sit on a throne of lies, I think Buddy, in a sense, is all of us. Because for the first time in his life, Buddy is questioning the truth. He is questioning what he's always been told and what he's always experienced. What has authority in our lives today? Now, we have lived and breathed in a modern world, or at least we remember or think we remember a world where truth was presented to us as absolute. You could trust the evening news every night or the newspaper that was delivered in the morning. It was presented as objective. You could trust the government system. Elected officials were mostly there to care for their constituents, or at least we thought. You could trust the church. Pastors were moral individuals trained at the trusted institutions for the purpose of serving and communicating the word of God. 
And we almost start to laugh at the examples of things that have lost trust in our culture. And sadly, we no longer trust these institutions and countless others. Almost nothing is considered truth, at least absolute truth, to us today. Now, we could get into a discussion about modernity, which is where society has lived from about 1500 to the year 2000, and post-modernity, where we are now. And I'm sure all of you would love to hear that lecture. Most of us have straddled this line between modernity and post-modernity for a lot of our lives. So, of course, we get confused about truth. In modernity, tr truth was presented as absolute. There was no need for you to individually think, just memorize the facts, know the history, but you don't need to know the reason behind it. That's just the way it is. Many of you grew up hearing that line, right? That's just the way it is. And today, in postmodernity, we recognize that everything that comes to us and everything we receive is essentially advertising. In this world, we live as consumers. So wherever we are, in whatever place we are, we are pawns of this economic reality. Someone is always trying to sell us something. So of course, we don't trust. And we feel like everyone is always trying to win one over on us. So in this world where we live, who gets to define what is truth? Well, Jesus promises his disciples in this text the spirit of truth. Listen in. I will ask the Father and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. The word truth is used a lot in John's gospel. And it is used in some very significant ways, probably more than in any other book in scripture. Right away in chapter 1, in the prologue of John, it says, As the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. Right in the beginning of the gospel, Jesus is associated with bringing truth into the world. A few chapters later, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. He says, the time is coming and is here when true worshiper, worshipers will worship, will worship in spirit and in truth. To this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, Jesus establishes that the location of worship is not what will truly matter, but that the heart that is brought in worship matters. Spirit and truth. Just last Sunday in John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, which we focused on, and the truth and the life. Jesus is not then just a teacher of truth. This is a claim that in him we actually see and know what truth is. A few chapters later in the prayer that's presented as a prayer at Gethsemane in John, Jesus will pray for his believers who come after him, sanctify them in your truth, your word is truth. God's word, which is what Jesus is called in the beginning of this gospel, is the wisdom of the universe. It was the creative force that formed the world, and that truth in God's word is what makes disciples holy and sets them apart. And then at his trial with Pilate, Pilate questions Jesus if he is a king. Jesus says to him, you say that I am a king. 
And then he says, I was born and came into the world for this reason, to testify to the truth. Whoever accepts the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? Pilate asked. Now every time we read that text on Good Friday and we hear Pilate's question, what is truth? I have two different reactions. The first one is that Pilate is asking the question of our day and nailing it on the head. What is truth? And my second reaction is that Pilate is staring truth right in the face. The very person of Jesus. Truth not only revealed in Jesus, but Jesus is the truth. Jesus is not only then the truth, but Jesus promises to remain, to abide with the disciples forever. Remember, he's talking to them right here before he dies and rises again. And yet he's promising them that the Holy Spirit will come and that the spirit of truth will always be with them. He says, I won't leave you as orphans, he promises. Anticipating his ascension. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. We need something outside of ourselves to define what is truth. It's not as simple as saying the Bible is my authority or the church is my authority or what I hear from the news or the government. We understand that none of those sources alone can be an absolute authority. Like we've seen in John, Jesus establishes that he is the truth. And he gifts us then with the spirit of truth. This is the very spirit of Jesus. When we are gifted with this spirit, we are gifted with Jesus' presence with us forever. So how then do we know what truth is? How do we test and discern so that we are sure we aren't fooling ourselves when thinking about what is truth? Well, we hold our decisions and our judgments up to the spirit of truth. For Jesus, this is simply answering the question, is it loving? For this is the command that Jesus gave. Right at the beginning of this passage, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then six verses later, at the close of our text today, he says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them loves me. And in chapter 13, Jesus gave us a new commandment. He said, love each other, just as I have loved you, so you should love each other. Is it loving? Is what Jesus would hold up as to how we tell and discern what is truth. Paul explains this discernment process, though, a little further in Philippians 4.8. And you've heard this text before, I'm sure, but he says this, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, all that is worthy of praise. Now, I'm sure that somewhere as upon a time, Hobby Lobby had that written in a, in a sign you could get. Okay, But I don't want you to just take it in the form of a sign to go on a wall. Because I think when, when Paul is saying these things, he's actually holding up things that we can discern. So it's not just all that is lovely and to use that, but he also says all that is just all that is pure, all that is worthy of praise, those are the things worth 
thinking about. Those are the things that are excellent and admirable and praiseworthy. Those are the things that the spirit of truth would guide us in. Friends, when we place our faith in Jesus, it means that we are giving him the position of first priority. One of the measures that we use to talk about discipleship here at Macedonia is this. We say that a disciple of Jesus is a disciple who is trusting. And the question we've used to ask, am I trusting? How how am I doing at trusting God is just simply this question. Where does God rank? Where does God rank? When we trust Jesus, we hold our actions, our words, our decisions up to the discernment of the spirit of truth. And we actually do that not just in our individual lives, but we do that as a community. We do that together in small groups, in committee work. We we ask, what is the spirit leading us to? How is the spirit guiding us, the spirit of truth? A trusting disciple of Jesus is contemplative by nature. A trusting disciple of Jesus is, is reflective. A trusting disciple of Jesus, God forbid, is open to changing one's mind. Let us become open to the discerning movement of the spirit of truth in our lives so that we can confidently live in the truth in a world where everyone seems to sit on a throne of lies. Amen.